Hello, I'm Carrie Ann. Welcome to another service with Pastor Ray Dieter at Grace Baptist Church. Please check out our website, gbcevansville.org. There, you'll find videos of our youth and children's services, daily devotions, and other ministries our church has to offer. We invite you to join us on Sunday mornings for an in-person service where we'll practice social distancing and follow safety guidelines. Now, let's hear what Pastor Ray has to say. Uh, four, Second Kings 4. If you have your outline for this morning, put it back. Save it for next Sunday. Uh, that song, as they were singing, just really spoke to my heart. Second Kings 4. Now, it happened one day that Elisha went to Shuman, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, Look, now I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room in the, on the wall, and let us put a bed up for there, and a table, and a chair, and a lampstand. So it be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. So here's this Shumanite woman, and she's a believer in the one true God. She's a worshiper of the one true God, Jehovah. And she has noticed that there's this itinerant prophet preacher that passes by frequently. His name is Elisha. He was the direct follower of Elijah, the uh, great Old Testament prophet. And he had prayed that he just wanted a double portion in his life of the blessing that fell on Elijah so that he could serve the Lord and speak the truth in love. And she had noticed him, and so she uh, realized that he lived the life of an itinerant prophet. Prophet meant he had no property, he had no home of his own. He actually probably didn't really know every day where the meal was going to come from. But he was totally dependent upon God, and God moved her heart to prepare a place for him. She began by feeding him a meal, and then she prepared a place in their home where he could come and stay and pray and rest and seek the Lord. Um, it is amazing to me how many times God uses ordinary people like you and I to do special things in the life of other people that bring tremendous blessing to them. Uh, she was just an ordinary lady, but she had a commitment to the Lord. And in the midst of that commitment, she saw an opportunity to do something for, for God by doing something for his prophet, by doing something for Elisha. And she did what she knew how to do. She made a meal, and she made him a place in her home. You know, so many times we think about Christian service and we think you have to do, do something spectacular in a spectacular fashion, in a spectacular public way, but that's not the way God often works. He often works in the small, everyday things of life. And this is how He worked in the life of the Shumanite woman in the, into the life and poured into the life of Elisha. She took what she normally did. She always prepared a meal three times a day. She kept her house clean and regular and ready, and she saw an opportunity to do something there in the midst of her daily routine to bring God glory and honor by serving Him through serving Elisha. Uh, and, and 
It happened that one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room and he lay down there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shumanite woman. When he had called her, she stood before him. And he, she, he said to him, say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? And she answered, I dwell among my people. Uh, Elisha recognized her service, and he wanted to do something for her in return. He greatly appreciated that room. Uh, it probably was just one of the few places, that, if maybe not the only place, he could go and just be in solace and be alone and be with God. And so his response is, I want to do something back for you. Uh, she said, well, I, I, I'm, I'm satisfied. My life is good. There's not really anything I need. And then he said to Gehazi, what is it to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son, and her husband is old. Now, in biblical times, a woman who was a widow or, and had no son was kind of at the mercy of those around her in her community. She had no one to care for her. She had no one to provide for her. Didn't have social security like we did. Didn't have many of the programs that we have that help folks when they're in distress. And so a woman without a son to care for her in her old age was in a dire situation. And so Gehazi says to, to the prophet, well, here, here's the thing she needs more than anything. She needs a son. But and you can hear the doubt in his voice, it's probably not going to happen because her husband's old. And he's past the age uh, where they might have a child. So Elisha said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. And he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. She said, this is, I can't believe this news. He said, you're going to have a boy. You're going to have a boy. You're going to have a son to take care of you. In your old age, you're going to have a son who's going to look out for you. He's going to be there. This is a promise from me, from God. But she's doubtful. Uh, reminder of Sarah and Abraham when Sarah said, I'm too old to have a child. Uh, but the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come of which Elisha had told, Elisha had told her. And the child grew. Now, it happened one day that he went out to his father, to the reapers, and he said to, my, to his father, my head, my head. So he said to his servant, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat him on her knees till noon and then died. Picture this. You talk about a shock. First is the shock that she would conceive and have a son which was unexpected, and she couldn't believe it was going to happen. And now this son has grown up to where he's big enough, he can leave his mom and go to the field and be with his dad. And suddenly he grabs his head and he says, my head, my head. He had an aneurysm in modern medical terms. He was carried to his mother, but he soon died. Now think about that. How she and her husband had longed for a child for so many years, and yet... She had been barren, and she had not bore a child, and, and their, their hopes and their prayers had not come to fruition, and there was no son. And then, because of an act of kindness to a man of God, God has blessed them, 
and brought into their life this tiny baby boy who grows to the point where he likes to go to the field and watch his father. And one day he says to his mother, I'm going to go out and see how dad and the guys are doing in the field. And he goes. But he is struck down and brought to his mother. And there on her lap, he sits and he dies. Think about that for a moment. The fulfillment of their hopes and their prayers. A miraculous child. And now suddenly, he is gone. Taken from them. I can't imagine how devastating that must have been. Then she called to her husband and said, please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. And he said to her, why are you going to him today? It is neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, it is well. Listen, in the midst of tragedy, her faith does not fail her. It moves her to action. She said, she, she's saying within her heart, he gave us this child. He's the one that brought about the miracle. He must have the answer as to why this has happened. And so she immediately runs to him. I've never understood folks who have a tragedy in their life, perhaps a death in the family, and then you don't see them at church, and you don't see them at church, and you don't see them at church. And they, tell, they say, it's too hard. When that's the place you should be. Because that's the place that makes the hard things easier. She knew what to do in the midst of her distress. She said, I'm going to go see that prophet. Then she saddled a donkey and said to her servant, drive and go forward. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. She said, let's get going and we're not wasting any time. Don't slow down until I tell you to slow down. And so she departed and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. So it was when the man of God saw her afar off, and he said to his servant Gehazi, Look, the Shumanite woman, please run now and meet her and say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. When life kicks you in the face, what do you say? When your expectations that you had had and your hopes that you've had come crashing down around you and tumble in like ashes, what do you say? When you lose your partner in life, your loved one, when you lose a child, when finances go bad, when the doctor gives you a bad report and says there's no cure, what do you say in your soul? Some people curse God. Some people deny their faith. Some people become angry. 
to be grounded in the faith, to be in love with Jesus and realize He's in love with us, is to have a blessing in our life that the Bible calls peace. Jesus said, my peace I leave unto you, not as the world gives you peace, but my peace. And when that peace is within us, it is inexplicable to the world. It is beyond understanding because it comes from beyond the realm of man. And in those difficult times, you're able to say, it is well. She trusted the Lord before she had the son. And now that the son has been taken, her trust is not shaken. And she says to him, it is well. I once ministered to a family that went through four tremendous tragedies in the space of 18 months, including the death of their adult son in a car accident. And I never will forget in the midst of it all, I would ask them, how are you doing? And they would say, it is well. You see, when your soul rests in Jesus and it is well with your soul, what can the devil really do to you? He can throw all kinds of trials and tribulations at you. James says, remember, those things that come into our life that are those difficulties are sent not by God to test us and try us, to trip us up, but they, came, they come from the devil himself. And he said to count that joy and use that as a way to grow and develop. I don't know where you're at in your life. I don't know what's going on. But I'll bet for many of you, it's been hard and difficult. And when we have Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we are able to say, it is well. Now she came near to the man of God at the hill and she caught him by the feet. And Gehazi came near to push her away. But the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress, and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. And she said, did I, not, did I ask a son of you, O Lord, did I not say, do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, get yourself ready, take my staff in your hand and be on your way. If you meet anyone, do not greet them. If anyone greets you, do not answer him. But lay my staff on the face of the child. She comes to him in great distress and grief. And she says, I, I don't understand this. Did, didn't I tell you? Did I ask for this, son? Did, did I ask you to do this? And now all this has befallen me. And she's saying to him, basically, all my joy has been turned into this great overburdened, overwhelming grief, and, and perhaps it had been better if I'd never had him. Can you imagine that? She's just saying, listen, I, I, 
I am overwhelmed with this. And, and the prophet ministers to her. He comforts her. Uh, his uh, servant would remove her, but he tells her, leave her alone. And then he does a strange thing. He says to Gehazi, take my staff and run to her house and lay it on the face of that child that's laid out there dead. And the mother of the child said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. Now Gehazi went ahead of them and laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore he went back to meet him and he told him, saying, the child has not awakened. And when Elisha came to the house, there was the child lying dead on his bed. And he went in, therefore, and shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. And, when he, and he went up and laid on the child and put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes to his eyes, his hands to his hands, and he stretched himself out on the child, and the flesh of the child became warm. And he returned and walked back and forth in the house and again went up and stretched himself out. Then the child sneezed seven times. And the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and he said, call this Shumanite woman. And he called her. And when she came to him, he said, pick up your child. So she went in and fell at his feet and bowed to the ground. Then she picked up her son and went out. There is no situation where God is not in charge. Absolutely not. There are times when we feel alone. There's times when we feel abandoned. There's times when we think the tunnel is so dark there's no light at the end of the tunnel. But do not be deceived. God is always, always in charge. And in the midst of tragedy, He can be glorified. What we have in this story is a double miracle. The birth of the child, the death of the child, and the rebirth of the child. And it demonstrates to us that God cares about the details of the life of every believer and follower of God. There are things in our lives Sometimes it just, excuse my vernacular, they drive us crazy, don't they? We look for answers. We look for comfort. We look for strength. And the answers sometimes aren't forthcoming. I've told the story here before. I had a seminary professor that had a bumper sticker that said, Jesus is the answer. And one of our other more liberal professors would give him a hard time about that. And he said one day, well, what is, Dr. Bainey, if Jesus is the answer, what's the question? And Dr. Bainey said, it doesn't matter what the question is. Jesus is always the answer. And I don't know where you're at in life, and I don't know what's befallen you, and I don't know what sadness and struggle and difficulty you're going through, but I'm here to tell you this morning, the answer is found in the one true God and His Son, Jesus Christ, who is the only path to Him. God was glorified 
God responded. And then in the midst of the tragedy that came, God responded again. And the son was restored to his mother. But what I want you to notice in the midst of it all, and I've, we've gone through all the way to get to this, is her response not once, but twice. Her husband asked her, he says, why are you going to the prophet today? It's not the Sabbath. It's not the day we worship. And she said, it is well. And when the prophet sends Gehazi to her in the midst of it, and he says, ask her, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? We find out later he doesn't know the child has died. And she answered, it is well. Oh, the tremendous faith and strength in that little three words. To be able in the midst of a life that is difficult and full of trials and temptations and troubles and persecution, to say, it is well. I have found the Lord. I belong to His Son. And so no matter what comes in my life, I can say, it is well with my soul. The body may fail, but it is well with my soul. Things around me may fail, but it is well with my soul. That great song that they sang this morning, Robert and Cindy, was written by Horatio Spafford. He was a rich man, but he lost all his worldly possessions in the Chicago, great Chicago fire. He had already booked a trip for his wife and four of his children to go to Europe. So he told her, you go ahead. I will join you when I get things straightened out here. That ship was struck by another ship. And in the midst of the Atlantic Ocean, in the midst of a great tragedy, Mr. Spafford's four children drowned. His wife was saved alive. She sent him a cable from Europe and said, come as quickly as you can. We have been in a terrible tragedy. I alone survive. Four children gone. He booked passage on a ship and he told the purser, when we come near that spot where the ship went down, I have a wreath of flowers I'd like to throw overboard in honor of my four children who are there in a watery grave. And late at night, they say about two in the morning, the purser knocked on his door. And he said, we're as close to the site where the ship went down as we will ever be. Spafford went up on deck and threw that wreath into the ocean. He went back to his room. He sat down and he wrote that great hymn of the church.
in the midst of loss and overwhelming grief. He wrote, it is well with my soul. When sorrow like sea billows roll, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. We can say that because when we belong to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we know the sufferings and the difficulties of this life are but for a season. They are as passing as the noonday sun that turns into the evening sun and the sunset. In the midst of that, we have a calm assurance that comes from God that one of these days, those sorrows, those sadnesses, those troubles will all be gone. And we will dwell in His presence in joy forever and ever and ever. So my encouragement to you as a believer and follower of Jesus Christ is to remember this widow. Remember her faithfulness and trust in God. And in the midst of all that she faced and the adversity, the difficulty that were in her life, she just gave us those three simple words. It is well. It is well with my soul. We look forward to that great and glorious day when Christ will return and the dead in Christ shall rise in a body new and glorious. And until that day, we are subject to all the griefs and difficulties and sadness that come from living in a fallen world. But in the midst of that, we have an inexplicable, irremovable joy and peace. Not happiness, joy. The deep-seated peace that comes from knowing eternity is determined by Jesus Christ. And that when we belong to Him, the trials and difficulties and troubles of this world will all melt away one day, fade away, and we will be forever in His presence and His glory. Quit being a down Christian. Quit being a sour Christian. Quit being a defeated Christian. Be what Paul says we can be, and that is conquerors through Jesus Christ. Those in the midst of everything can set an example to the lost and dying world and say, it is well. Our Heavenly Father, we pray you'll be glorified in all things. We thank you, Lord, that we can put our peace and trust and hope in Jesus to the point where we can say, it is well. Even when sorrow and sadness roll like great sea billows across our lives and our souls, and we find ourselves in the midst of that dark and difficult, depressing place, we can lean upon you 
and still say, it is well. Thanks again for joining us for another service with Grace Baptist Church. Connect with us using the social media links on our website, gbcevansville.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week.